What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. Alongside with me are actor Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, how you doing? How y'all doing today? Nice, nice. I'm doing pretty well. I mean, alongside with my with my other wonderful co-host, Miss Lonnie Rivera. Lonnie, how you doing today? Hey, guys. It's Monday. Let's do it. Monday and the day before elections. My right? God, this is going to be a long week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, one of those times where I want to pull my hair out a lot. Um, you know, but it's almost over. So, I mean, we'll go ahead and see who's going to be uh, in office, who's not going to be in office, who's going to do what afterward. And we'll see what, you know, how it all culminates at the end of it. Uh, one thing's for sure. Make sure you get out and vote, cast your vote. Uh, your vote is important. Today is the day. Tomorrow is also the day as well. It's the last day to go ahead and cast your vote. Uh, you know, votes start being uh, counted as of tomorrow. So make Make sure you get out there and, uh, you know, make your vote count, make your voice heard. So, you know, we'll go ahead and uh, hope for the best and uh, see what happens uh, after tomorrow. You know, we'll see what goes down, what goes on there. Got a lot of cool stuff to talk to you guys about. Uh, you know, Halloween weekend was this weekend. How, how was your guys' Halloween, by the way, Jeremy? Uh, my Halloween was very relaxed, uh, probably like a lot of other people's in the Los Angeles, California area, as well as all across the country. Not a lot of kids out. Um, very few kids actually came by looking for candy. I took one of our neighbor mm-hmm. boys, who's a good friend of ours, out um, trick-or-treating. I just walked him around the neighborhood. Uh, he has cerebral palsy and just one of my best buddies and um mm-hmm. he he just he didn't understand you know that that halloween was not really happening this year so mm-hmm. i took him around safely masked up gloved up and took him around the neighborhood there were only four houses in the entire neighborhood who were handing out anything and they were doing it very responsibly most everybody set up a little table at the end of their driveway or something like that that they sat at and they were trying to make it fun for the kids so that's good some people were really out there trying to trying to still make it fun and keep it safe um so i got to take him out and let him at least experience a little of that um but as a kid with you know some some learning disabilities, some mental, you know, um, disabilities. I mean, his kid is sharp as a tack at what he gets and what he understands. But this was just something he really couldn't grasp was that, you know, why is nobody out? Why is nobody, you know? And he finally just says to me, I hate Corona. COVID yeah. needs to go away. That's oh. tough. That's tough, man. That's <laughs> really kids. tough. Yeah. And like him, like him, many other children probably felt the same exact way. So, I mean, I mean, Lonnie, how's it? How's it? I mean, yeah. you're still out there in, uh, yeah. in uh, 
Pittsburgh. So I mean, mm-hmm. how how did uh, how was well, I mean, how definitely in terms of like just the weather, you know, the leaves changing, and it was a little, it was a crisp night, and the moon. I just remember because I had to just run some errands. I wasn't dressed up or at a party or anything, but the moon was just so amazing. Halloween night, and I I heard that it was like. I forgot what they call that kind of moon here. Blue moon. The blue moon. Yeah, it was like that's it's gonna be a long time before we have one of those again. And just with it being here, you know, on the east coast with all the leaves down and it being a crisp night, it called for pizza. One of my favorite pizza places <laughs> nice. here in Pittsburgh is uh, Minio's. It's in Squirrel Hill. They've been around for like 60 years. And they're they're I'm not even a big pizza person, but their pizza is like the best way I can describe it is like the New York style pizza where it's like buttery, you know, a little bit on top of the cheese. And let me tell you, just a simple one slice of that pizza and the crust is always like perfect. It's not soggy. It's like perfect. So I I called over there and they were swamped. Can I just get a couple of slices? She was like, oh, come on over. I'm like, please, can I get like four slices? So I walked up in there. It's just, it's it's definitely, you know, a, a hometown staple here in Pittsburgh. So I went there and then I just really enjoyed just watching all the parties online and people's costumes and stuff. But I didn't go. I was surprised. I did see a lot of kids dressed up and people walking around and out looked like they were trick-or-treating. So I saw more people than I normally would have expected to see. But um but it is kind of a bummer. I feel bummed for the kids who couldn't experience it, you know? Yeah, yeah no, it was tough. I mean, here uh, where I live, no, nobody came by uh, mm-hmm. for trick-or-treating, but that's that's normal here in my neighborhood. For some reason, like, kids don't really trick-or-treat in my neighborhood. I don't know why. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty quiet over here. I mean, I saw, I went out for a minute to go, you know, grab a six-pack. I wanted to just relax here at home. So uh, as I was walking by, there was uh, parents with their kids, you know, walking around and stuff like that, masked up. You know, they were all wearing masks and everything as the children were dressed up trick-or-treating. So that was that was pretty that was pretty nice to see the responsibility of of parents. Um, I heard in Arizona though, in Arizona the the they mandated uh, that trick or treat trick or treating was officially canceled, and that anybody seen outside was going to get uh, cited. I believe it was you know they were going to get a citation uh, by the police if they were seen outside trick-or-treating in Arizona. So they were really strict over there. Um, and like many other states, you know, just, uh, you know, Halloween was pretty much canceled. It was it's it was kind of a, you know, it was kind of a bitter Halloween for many children. But unfortunately, the situation uh, requires that to happen. So, you know, there's always next year. So, you know, I mean, we just got to keep on doing what we're doing so that way we can get to next year maskless, you know, and have a normal Halloween and a normal year year next year because personally i i missed i wanted to go again because i went last year excuse me i went last year to halloween horror nights universal studios halloween horror nights with friends and i had a blast last year i wanted to do it again this year too Mm -hmm. i mean i had a great time that's a fun event i've attended that a couple of times so much fun fun. the lines are ridiculously long for the nights though uh you know that's that's the only negative thing about it but other than that i mean it's just a lot of fun to have with friends going out and everything and we couldn't do it i actually just spoke to my friend that uh that i went with last 
last year and she concurred she's like i wanted to go this year too i was like dude me too you know but what are you gonna do i mean it is what it is and we just gotta wait to net for next year and hopefully everything will be a little bit more settled a little bit uh less chaotic next year we'll see what happens but but jeremy right. you um you uh you you have some pretty uh obscure news we haven't talked about obscure new news in a while what you got it, it was nice to find a little obscure news as we're getting close to the end of this voting cycle. You know, oh, everything's everything's been all politics and doom and gloom all across the news. It's been hard to find some interesting kind of, you know, weird stories. Um, one of the first is just something that, you know, is you only see in 2020. Mm. Only in 2020 could this possibly happen. We have tweets coming out from Burger King on their UK account encouraging people to buy a Big Mac go to McDonald's. That's weird. They are because they because Britain is facing their second shutdown, the uh, second lockdown coming in mandatory. Burger King is encouraging all people who go enjoy fast food to go to Subway, to go to Domino's, to go to Burger King, to go to McDonald's, support this industry and continue to support the workers who are so important. Wow, that's that's interesting. Now they actually end it with, so if you want to help, keep treating yourself to tasty meals through home delivery, takeaway, or drive-through. Getting a Whopper, of course, is always best, but ordering a Big Mac's also not such a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about being equal opportunity. (laughs) And and talk about a backhanded compliment, right on. Well, they, of course, had to end it with a little superiority. I mean, you can't give your competition all the praise, but... I mean, when did you ever think you'd see, you know, the two biggest competitors in the fast food industry supporting each other? I mean, that that's I mean, you want to talk about pigs flying, hell's free, hell freezing over, you know. I mean, dogs and cats living together. Living together. (laughs) Mass hysteria. That's so funny. And when, you know, my favorite is Five Guys. That's, I'm just saying, I think Five Guys has better burger. It's my favorite burger. Just People have said that actually. Five Guys is better than even In N Out. Yeah, I don't see the thing is for me, I don't know what it is. And it's not, I know In N Out is not all that. It's just I was raised here and it's what I love. Exactly. Like Tawny's. But. I just don't get Five Guys. I really don't. I've tried it a few times. My brothers love it. I, I don't know like their people fries. love it. I don't, like I their don't fries. get into it like everybody else does. Yeah. If you're talking like a Cali staple, I'm a habit burger guy. If you want to, are you, you know, for really? a fast food burger? That's one of my favorites out here. I like but. their, I like their, uh, the California one or whatever, the California sourdough. Oh, heck yeah, the sourdough oh, with so avocado good. and oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so on, man, you're making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you had besides that one, you actually had other uh, other obscure news as well. Okay, this is a headline that just, I mean, I don't know how this doesn't catch your attention. Costco drops Chaco coconut milk over allegations of forced monkey labor. Oh my gosh. What? Forced monkey labor? Those are not words I ever thought I would say in conjunction or a sentence or... So, here's the deal. I'm still like, what? (laughs) Forced monkey labor. (laughs) So apparently... Okay. It is actually quite an old tradition in Thailand that they would use monkeys, trained monkeys, to harvest the coconuts. 
Wow. It. You sure basic- that's not a, you sure that's not an acronym for politicians? Yeah, tell me about it. No, this is this is absolutely is absolutely true. It's it is something that's been done for a long time in Thailand and a lot of other places that harvest coconuts. Um, it's considered to cut down on risk for humans, you know, having to climb the trees and falling and all that kind of stuff. So the monkeys are not at the same risk. But some places, of course, don't do this in an ethical manner and keep them tied to the trees or in incredibly small cages and all this other stuff. So apparently this has been going on for a little bit. PETA has been going, you know, going after these people. And apparently Chekow or Chowko um, coconut milk, they're one of the largest producers in Thailand. they claim now of course there's no way to verify this completely that none of their producers use monkey labor now again i can't believe i'm saying these words (laughs) i mean you know i guess there's no time to monkey around Oh, that was bad. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It had to happen eventually. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, you know, stop. It's just wow. it's just so obvious. So I mean, personally, I as a chef, this is a little bothersome to me. I mean, mm-hmm. if I understand the reducing the human risk factor, but abusing the animals in the process is not remotely okay. And it gets worse. I mean, there are allegations that if the monkeys get frightened um, and try and defend themselves from their handlers, they will have their uh, teeth surgically removed. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. So like I said, lots of of horrible treatment there. Now, it's not all produced. It is not all Thai plantations out of a um, random survey that was done by one of the um, third party auditors assigned by one of the other governments because this has been investigated for a while now. Um, I think it was 67 of 847 surveyed used forced monkey labor. Wow. So it's not a gigantic, I mean, it's a problem, but that's, you know, less than 10% of producers are doing it still. And major producers have the ability to contract only with produce, you know, with farms not doing this. I mean, obviously, if out of 800 and some odd farms, you only have 67 that are doing this, you have other options. So, Stores, retailers are putting pressure on the Thai government to and these producers to make sure this is not who they're sourcing their coconuts from. Well, hopefully, yeah, we'll and get to- definitely mindful of you need. We need to be more mindful of what we eat and where we buy our things. Well, especially, especially think of it this way. Sorry to cut you off, but the, here's uh-huh. one of the biggest parts of this people aren't thinking of. And as a chef, this is huge. Mm-hmm. Coconut milk and coconut products are one of the staples of mm-hmm. modern veganism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Your vegan product is being brought to you by mm-hmm. cruelty. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the irony one, for you. The very thing you're trying yeah. to avoid. That's yep. irony for you. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a point where uh, vegan people won't be able to eat anything. 
at all. Hey, maybe they'll choose almond milk more often. I like almond milk personally. But the poor almonds. No, it's not the poor almonds. Hold on, I gotta go. Now, why am I having to be the bad guy? <laughs> now, if you wanted, there's no cruelty apparently for the almonds, no. But <laughs> almonds are one of the main things draining California's water supply. Oh, I know. They need wow. a lot of water. Yeah, the fact that we have like the biggest almond, you know, groves yep. and stuff like Production. that. Yep. The amount of water that is dedicated from our water supply to growing almonds. And unfortunately, okay. it's being processed into almond milk a majority of the time now. Something that does not have the nutritional value of actual almonds. Right. It, it's it's kind of a problem. So yeah. almond milk, while good and truthfully, if... Uh, of all the processed and that's what bothers me about it you know as a chef they say eat more natural eat more natural but you know don't eat it from the cow because it's from a cow so let's right. have all this processed stuff but don't right. eat the processed stuff because process is bad huh I'm you, know, yeah, you, know. you know you know what comes to mind when you say all this I, I hear I tend to hear gold member from Austin Powers in my in the back of my head saying, So they're so pleasing you. You know, I mean, that's what comes to mind when I hear all this. I'm a no. chef. You can never please a chef. We exactly. want it Jeez, man. There's just no there's no way around it, you know. You're screwed it's in way. my belly. You're screwed <laughs> either way. You're, you're screwed either way, kinda like the elections right now. So right. <laughs> one way or another, we're all screwed. Um, but hopefully that's not gonna be the case well i mean i hope that they uh that they do a thorough investigation i hope they come get to the bottom of all this and hopefully those monkeys will be saved and you know no no more cruelty because animals right. have just as much a right of being on this planet and living their lives as much as we do so absolutely hopefully uh, and, they'll get to the bottom of that you know finding a way to do it in a cruelty-free way i mean how about i mean you <clears throat> We're great at finding ways to get around this, okay? Places that harvest coconuts, most places outside of Thailand have already uh, implemented, you know, um, mechanical lifts that will raise people up that are safer, all sorts of different stuff. But if this is a tradition and they have been trained, because there are schools, there are actually schools that train these monkeys to go climb the trees properly, safely, and to retrieve the coconuts, well, who says they have to be tied to the trees or kept in tiny cages or, I mean, if they're treated humanely and as if this is something that they can do, they're not being, you know, rounded up in a, I mean, these are actually raised from birth and taken care of mm -hmm. and every, if they're done like that and they're trained and they're treated humanely, then I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. So, I mean, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that they figure out ways to like again save those monkeys and figure out other methods of, you know, getting the job done. So, I mean, without having to hurt any animals or anything like right. that in the process. Absolutely. So. Well, I'll throw it as a chef one more time. Sorry, we'll get mm -hmm. past this in one second. I'll throw mm -hmm. it to foie gras real quick. Okay. Oh, I did a lot of stories on that. Old mm -hmm. school foie gras could be a brutal situation but if you go to most of the uh, farms in france that were doing foie gras these birds were in no way being mistreated 
They weren't. They weren't being overfed and stuff like they say they. They overfeed eat. them, but they're not being for. These ducks come willingly at feeding time. Okay. You know, they're not like they don't have to round them up. They don't have to. You know, these ducks they're made to eat. That's what they do, and they love it. Um, but here's mm-hmm. one of the things to get around. This was my point. There were plenty of places abusing it mm-hmm. and not doing it the right way, and places in America that were having an issue morally with that well Hudson Valley northern part of New York Valley um, Mm -hmm. is one of the biggest foie gras producing areas in America Wow! what they did was they started using a breed of duck that is so voracious it won't stop eating so they don't have to force feed them in any way they don't have to use the old funnel that they would put in their mouth and put the corn down their mouth Um, these things every time you put the food out they come that's it what the foie it's a breed of they will not stop eating at all whenever you put it out Um, and that's the thing is it's not that they're constantly force fed they're on a rigid uh, feeding schedule. I don't remember how many hours every you know every few hours it is, but they're given about what amounts to about a half a cup of ground up grain, corn, whatever it is that they're being fed at mm-hmm. each feeding. That's so. Crazy. And, and the and the whole idea, Jeremy, is it what it's duck pat, pate, right? What it so- what it does is it basically inflates the liver. Okay. With fat. Right. And that makes for a more fatty, luxurious product, which is what yeah. foie gras is. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't even, yeah. for me, I never, yeah. I, I can go without it. Yeah, well, I'm good without it. That stuff. Oh, I, I absolutely adore it, believe me. But, um, it's, it's, it's God's butter is what they call it. Yeah, but, um, yeah I, I can't get into it. I'm and sorry. I can understand that. I understand that. I really do. Yeah. But from a moral perspective, <laughs> there's, especially if you're buying Hudson Valley foie gras. There's a few producers up there, um, and they're the biggest, like I said, biggest producers in the United States. They do not force feed the ducks in any way. They've been using a breed of duck for many years now that is naturally voracious. So the point being is we as humans, we as innovators, we find ways to do these things and do them right. And do it without being cruel. You know, if right. we see a problem, we have the minds and the technology and the innovation to be able to go, okay, well, if we wanted to still keep using the monkeys, this is a tradition, how can we do it in a say you know, in a safe and humane way, an ethical right. way? So there's always a way to do something properly. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> first of all, that's the thing that comes to my mind right there. Um, but yes, Jeremy, I do agree with you. There are ways to go ahead and do it properly. And hopefully, you know, like I said, you know, uh, involving the monkeys, hopefully they'll go ahead and find ways to do it properly. So, right. you know, that that's that's the hope. And if Peter's on top of it, you know, they're going to go ahead and make changes. So that's a good thing. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover today uh, in entertainment news. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the passing of a great and legendary actor Sean Connery. We'll talk a little bit about that. In sports, Antonio Brown moves in with Tom Brady. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And in video game news, Fortnite next-gen upgrade will arrive when the new consoles launch. 
We'll talk a little bit about that. But first, in uh, in uh, in dedication to uh, election night and election week and everything, here is Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal right here on the Xander Effect. <laughs>
This is Nightmare from Dirty Machine, and you're listening to The Xander Effect. Let's get it. Ian Garen 
Friends Chapter 2, right here on The Xander Effect. In entertainment news, this weekend uh, we lost an incredible actor, uh, a legend in, uh, in cinema, actor Sean Connery, actually I should say actor Sir Sean Connery, uh, passed away peacefully, uh, you know, in his bed, in his sleep, at the age of 90. Uh, his family had, uh, had informed uh, the UK news about his passing and man that's that's a big yeah. loss in 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 cinema i mean the guy yeah. is a legend he was the very first james bond i mean he did uh doctor no in 1962 from Russia with love in 1963 goldfinger in 64 thunderball in 65 you only live twice in 67 diamonds are forever in 71 and never say never mm-hmm. again was his final wow. movie in 1983 um this is this is this is a huge loss i mean he went on to obviously do many more movies after that the first time i actually saw sean connery was in a disney movie uh, it wasn't even in the bonds movie it was in the disney movie mm-hmm. called uh, darby o'gill and the little people and he actually sang he it was a musical so he sang in that in that movie uh my mom was totally in love with him <laughs> as many other women were as well he's a very handsome man uh even my dad was like even my dad was like that's a good looking dude <laughs> you know I mean? so it was you know it's a great loss uh, the entertainment uh, community uh, sounded off as soon as they heard about the news. I mean, started off with Daniel Craig, uh, mm-hmm. who basically said, quote, one of the true greatest of cinema, Sir Sean Connery will be remembered as Bond and so much more. Uh, he defined an era and style. The wit and charm he portrayed on screen could be measured in megawatts. He helped create the modern blockbuster. He will continue to influence actors and filmmakers alike for years to come. My thoughts are with his family and loved ones uh you know i mean he was he's a legend he's he will forever be a legend uh he went ahead and did his final movie which was uh, the League of Extraordinary of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, he mm-hmm. was seventy three at the time and decided to retire at the age of seventy three. So, uh, but he was still pretty much you know in the spotlight. Uh, he had you know a couple things that he did off off screen, and uh, so much so that he was knighted, uh, you know, for his contributions to the arts by the Queen herself. So yeah, I mean, he definitely lived uh, a long and an incredibly accomplished life. I mean. You know, Jeremy is an actor. I mean, how how did you how did you feel about this news? Uh, it's a huge loss, but again, ninety years old, an yeah. incredible career, an amazing life. It it was not. It was something that you you know. It's more of a a passing of an era than you know some tragic tragic loss at this point because he Mm -hmm. did give us so much he lived such a long and full life and as we're finding out now as well um i believe it was his his longtime girlfriend or fiance i can't remember what his wife wife. it was his wife okay he is married married. but she was saying that unfortunately you know for quite some time he's been suffering from dementia (laughs) these last few years and that it was no way for a man like him to have to live so this was a, this was a blessing at this point and he gave us so much he was such a brilliant performer and actors 
ever since seeing him the first time, every actor, every male actor has been trying to capture that amount of cool. And there are very few people who have ever come close. Uh, it's it's just the truth. He was the definition of smooth, of yeah. charm, of class, you know, on screen. I love the fact that whenever um, one of these, you know, legend, legendary actors like Sean Connery dies, I always love hearing the backstory of their lives, like why they got into acting in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I just find it really interesting that and all the reports that are saying that um, back in the day, like early on in his career, we're talking the early 1950s, he was on a Scottish soccer team. And so mm -hmm. he had a, a, a very, very promising career in football, as they say it there. And instead, he chose early on, and at that time he was, I guess, in his 20s, and he felt like by 30, you know, in, in that world, when you're at 30, 30 is retirement age. And plus, you never know with injuries and that kind of thing. And so... That was one of the reasons why he decided to become an actor, too. He just felt like there was more longevity, which is kind of funny when you compare, you know, <laughs> sport, sports to entertainment, because many people would say even an acting career is not not very uh, stable or promising, you know, but for a lot of people. I would have to say that maybe back then uh -huh. it was a little more stable. Today, maybe not so much. Well, right. that's that's one of the points I was going to say is you have to realize him being a British-born actor, yeah. there's a very different mindset there. Being uh -huh. an actor, he's looking at, I'll be on stage for the next 30 years. I'll be on radio. I'll be on right. TV. I'll be. He wasn't looking at the superstardom in America or on the big screen that we all nowadays think of. When you when someone tells you they want to be a mm -hmm. you know they want to be an actor, mm -hmm. that's what you see. But the mindset back then, yeah. especially in Britain, was so much different. So he probably it makes wasn't a lot thinking of, sense. of the celebrity of it either. Right. Which exactly. I feel like a lot of people think of that here today too. Yeah. It, absolutely. And mm -hmm. another uh, another little fact i did not know this as well because he was such an athlete um mm -hmm. and because modeling was how he kind of broke into acting mm -hmm. he he was a mr universe competitor oh wow, wow. i didn't know that either he was a bodybuilder was, uh, in the early Arnold schwarzenegger a mr universe too yes yes but that was later he won his in the 60s and 70s yeah. um you know this was 1954 55 that area sean connery was an actual mr olympia contender wow um he was a bodybuilder as well because he was modeling and trying mm -hmm. to act and yeah he was considered um he was considered a favorite um in I don't remember which year's Mr. Olympia, but he was one of the five favorites and uh, suffered an injury, I believe, in training and had to give up the the bodybuilding. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, so so literally, he was the most interesting man in the world. Pretty much. <laughs> I'd have to say. I mean, I, I'm I, honestly, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, well, I was already starting to miss his acting. I was wondering what had happened mm -hmm. to him because, you know, shortly after the League of Extraordinary Germany, he just stopped uh, and he, you know, uh, uh, you know, 
even though he was still very active and trying to, you know, in certain in certain aspects of his life, I hadn't seen him in the longest time. And I was like, I was wondering if maybe he might make a comeback, but obviously he never did. Um, you know, I thought he's he was an incredible actor. Uh, I loved a lot of his movies. I mean, The Rock was one of my favorite ones uh, with him and Nicolas Cage. That was that's actually a really good movie that I really enjoyed. Um but uh yeah definitely a legend uh has has left this earth and uh you know my condolences go to him and his family uh you know huge loss in mm-hmm. the hollywood uh in the in the hollywood entertainment industry so you know uh you know i mean I, again i'm happy that he died peacefully and in his sleep and uh you know rest in peace Sean Connery in other entertainment news Johnny Depp has lost his libel case over Amber heard allegations and this is something that he actually went ahead and uh and uh, went up against the sun uh you know and a uh, uh, news group uh, newspapers uh and publishers of the sun actually uh because they pretty much called him a wife a quote wife beater and uh, he didn't like that term so he decided to sue them for libel but uh Judge Andrew Nichol basically ruled against Johnny Depp and said, quote, the claimant Depp has not succeeded in his action for libel, although he has proved the necessary elements of his cause of action in libel. The defendants have shown that what they published in the meaning, which I have held the words to bear, was substantially true. I have reached these conclusions, having examined in detail the 14 incidents on which the defendants were rely as well as the overarching considerations which the claimant submitted I should take into account. So basically he's saying that you know you have a bunch of allegations towards you so the libel there, there is no libel case because of that. Um you know Yeah because didn't she have like photos of her bruises and I want to say even a recording of well of- Here's the thing on that. And again, I don't know. Uh None of us were in the courts when all this went down. But in the actual legal cases where the photos of bruises and these different things were there, um, I believe most of that was dismissed and actually held with prejudice because they were shown to be not applicable to the case. Basically, he was vindicated in the legal case. Okay. So, and, 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 and it was and it was vindicated so clearly that he turned around and decided, well, damn, I'm so you know I'm going after all these people. Now the Sun has a history of winning these cases. Mm. They have they have been going at it with celebrities for thirty years now. Well, that has well, 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 and I'm sorry to cut you off here, Jeremy. Nope, that, that, that has to do with uh, actually English law, and mm-hmm. according yeah. to uh, according to an article on. Uh, Variety.com, it says, quote, in English law, it is up to the defendant in defamation cases to prove their allegations are true, giving the claimant an advantage. The Rupert Murdoch-owned news group newspapers relied on 14 allegations of domestic violence allegedly committed by Depp against Heard, which he described as, quote, a choreographed hoax. His legal team alleged that she was the real abuser in their relationship. That's according to uh, a report by uh, Leo Baryakov uh, of Variety.com. So that's pretty much goes into English law at that point, which, mm. is, which is to what you were. I'm sure I'm assuming you mm-hmm. were, were getting at. 
yeah, that's that's kind of where I was throwing it is that it's, you know, when you get into this libel stuff, there's very specific laws as to, I mean, you can be as innocent as can be, but mm-hmm. if there's enough reason for them have had to have called you this, it doesn't matter. So, right. I mean, at this point, at when this you think point, about it, it's kind of sad because it's like in some places someone can call you a lot of things that can hurt you, your reputation. And if there's there's no there's a little bit of something to show that that might be true, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, and then speaking of reputations, looks like Amber Heard's reputation was finally cleared at least for uh, one one accusation that Depp accused her of, which is crapping on their bed. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Claire. Yeah, she 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 uh, she basically got the nickname Amber Turd shortly after that, and uh, you know basically. What had what had happened was that um, they uh, that Johnny accused Amber of uh, pooping on his bed after she had some sort of a party and he left early. So she, you know, upset. She was upset. She was angry. Uh, you know, she decided to poop on his bed. At least that's what Johnny uh, assumed because uh, one of his maids uh, came forward and said that uh, at the end of the day, it would actually end up being that the judge ruled that it was their dog. Boo, that was that you know pretty much had eaten a nug of like marijuana and <laughs> had pooed after that. You know he had no control over his bowels and got on the bed and you know took a crap on their bed. Oh, um, you know, that was pretty much what happened there. So uh, what ended up going on after that is that that um, Johnny had uh, I guess his maid had uh, come forward and said that she was very familiar with the poo of the dogs because obviously she's got to clean it up and what she found on the bed was what Johnny said quote a whopper of a, of a crap on the on the bed so it couldn't have been from a dog but unfortunately there was you know the crap the the poo was thrown thrown out and uh, there was no way to actually test it for DNA to see if it was a human or or uh, an animal excrement and uh, the uh, and shortly after that that's when you know Johnny decided to break up with with uh, Amber with Amber and you know obviously you know mm-hmm. we're at what ha- the the end result of that whole thing which is what's going on right now with uh, with uh, these lawsuits so yeah it's 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 definitely a crap show no pun it is <laughs> I just, like, when I see these celebrity like nasty breakups like this it just makes me think back to maybe when they first met when we heard oh they're so in love I don't know if we heard that and this and that and oh you know we're going to do that and then and then it becomes so ugly and just wish that maybe there was some point where both of them could have sat down to avoid having this be so public and so nasty, you know? It's, I don't know. It's 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 a tough one. It's a tough one. I mean, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, I mean, I've it, it's crazy because I mean, I've I've pooed on Jeremy's, you know, like an entire house all over the place. He doesn't say anything to me yeah. about it. I mean, you know, I just whack you on the nose with a rolled up newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Who says I don't like that either, huh? I'm just <laughs> You're not supposed to be airing this dirty laundry, you know. <laughs> oh darn, we're getting into weird conversations here. Sorry, Lonnie, you have to be a part of this. No, it's all good. Stop pooing <laughs> on each other. 
<laughs> Stop pooing. No more poo. No more poo. I can only, I can only imagine the uh, uh, slogan for 2020. Exactly. <laughs> and oh, no, for me. Uh, wait, Conrad. Uh, not, not Conrad. Conan O'Brien. For me to poop on. <laughs> Speaking about politics, no, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> in other, well, I mean, in speaking of nasty breakups and other entertainment news, looks like uh, Brian Austin's Green exes are are uh, coming together to pretty much form a strong front against Brian Austin Green. Uh, Vanessa Marcel seems to be supporting Megan Fox after, uh, you know, over the weekend. Obviously, it's Halloween weekend. Mm-hmm. Brian Austin Green decided to go ahead and take a picture of him uh, and his son uh, Journey uh, on social media, basically captioning it, uh, quote, hope you all had a good Halloween. Well, Megan was not happy at all about that. So she went ahead and posted in the comments. She said, quote, why does Journey have to be in this picture? It's not hard to crop them out or choose photos that they aren't in. I had a great Halloween with them yesterday and yet notice how absent they are from my social media. I know you love you love your kids, but I don't know why you can't stop using them to posture via Instagram. You're so intoxicated with feeding the pervasive narrative that I'm an absent mother and you are the perennial, eternally dedicated dad of the year. You have them half of the time. Congratulations. You truly are a remarkable human. Why do you need the internet to echo back to you what should be inexhaustibly evident in the way your children love? I'm sorry, in the way your children love you. That was, yeah, that was, um, that was pretty (laughs) harsh in which, uh, uh, Brian Austin Green, he decided to respond by, uh, re-uploading the picture, this time cropping Journey out of it. So I guess he heard her lot on that one. Um, but here's the thing that. Uh, Vanessa Marcel, who dated uh, uh, who dated Green from 1999 to 2003, and also shared custody of a son by the name of Cassius, uh, she went ahead and also she she did a screen she posted a screenshot, um, you know, uh, 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 you know, reading quote. Like I said, the truth always comes out in the end. Hashtag I'm with you, sister. So looks like wow. they're both going up against uh, Brian Austin Green. And if you remember correctly, back in September, uh, Vanessa also went ahead and uh, basically claimed that, you know, uh, Brian Austin Green was estranged from his own son uh, during his marriage to Megan Fox. And, uh, you know, she, you know, somebody went ahead and, um, and posted something, you know, uh, on Vanessa Marcel's uh, uh, Instagram saying that, quote, I think you still love Brian Austin Green. This is this is back in September. And she responded with, quote, I was never in love with him, but I am very proud of the fact that my son loves his fa- his dad unconditionally and has chosen to forgive. I celebrate Cassius's love for his father and remain extremely grateful that Cass was finally invited back into his father's life and was able to meet his, yo- his youngest brother for the the first time and finally start seeing his other two siblings again uh, uh, five years apart with no explanation is devastating for children for siblings my son is also an incredible and protective big brother so 
I mean, you know, that's basically one of the reasons why Vanessa's totally like, you know, upset with uh, with Brian Austin Green for that type of parenting that he was towards their son. And somebody even shot back uh, in in that picture that uh, that Brian Austin Green took over the weekend of his son, him and his son journey. And they posted a comment, a savage comment that said, uh, let's see all the Halloween pics with his first kid. Oh yeah, there aren't any. Wow. <laughs> in, which, in which he responded, uh, "There was no social media then." Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going up against uh, Brian Austin Green, you know, involving him being uh, uh, an upstanding father. So, I mean, you know, Lonnie, you sound like you're really shocked at some of these allegations. What are your thoughts on all this? No, I just think you know, a lot of times when you post photos, well, I would just think that I'm surprised that he and I don't know how often he and Megan talk that they would have some kind of agreement in terms of posting pictures or not like in the in this day and age with social media it seems it's it's common that couples who are together or even separated or divorced or apart i mean at least those who have a healthy breakup i guess i should say um you know have some kind of agreement with it because like my best friend is married he's been married oh my goodness they've been married forever for at least 20 years Mm -hmm. and or close to it and they got married pretty young and you know she and her husband have not never posted any pictures of their kids until recently they waited until they were like teenagers and even her son until he was in college just to give give them a chance to decide whether they want to be real to to really be able to make um, an intelligent, well informed decision on whether or not they wanted their lives so publicly displayed mm-hmm. on social media. And I, I'm not saying that that's the the way to go, but I really respect my friend for going about it in, in that way. Because I will say, her kid, her daughter, who's absolutely beautiful and super smart. And just a really cool kid. And her son, who's like totally going to be like the next Steve Jobs. Like he's so smart like that. Mm -hmm. Just great with computers. And I love the fact that they've never really focused on, even though their kids are really good looking, they've never really put a lot of attention on their looks. And I feel for that reason, the kids don't value that a lot. Like her kids, her daughter loves to paint and sculpt. And she's smart. They're well-rounded children. Yeah, they're just really well-rounded. And they're not obsessed with being online. I just feel like a lot of times when you start that with them that young, and then the parents are arguing about it, you never know what's going to happen long-term. So I I just find it interesting that they are fighting about this so publicly and putting their business out there in the streets like that, like everybody knows, instead of coming to some sort of... Private um, agreement. Private agreement. Yeah, because it might be the private agreement might be that Megan doesn't want to show him, but he wants to show. I mean, that, that, that and but we also don't know exactly, mm-hmm. you know, what what uh, is fueling this. I mean, this is just social media. I mean, you you you, you got to remember that they had a nasty breakup. There's got to be reasons why right. they broke up. There's got to be a lot of uh, resentment there. Uh, right. So, I mean, for Megan, I mean, there's definitely resentment from Vanessa's part because, you know, 
I mean, the way he pretty much, you know, blocked or, or shunned his own son Cassius, you know, yeah, and the while he was married with against you. That's yeah, that's all. Thing. That's all bad. That's all bad. Okay. You can't win that one. But I mean, but I mean, you know, I mean, I'm I'm wondering, you know, I'm wondering the point of view from a father as well. Jeremy, you're a dad. You're a dad of three. I mean, how how does this hit you? Well, there's there's a whole bunch of ways this hits me, but I want to walk it back real quick here. Remember, we're only hearing one side of a story and yeah. none of us know why Brian was estranged from his first son. Now, mm-hmm. I've been involved and had so many friends that were involved in messy divorces, whether they were the kids during those divorces, whether they were adults and they were the parents. I have seen it on both sides where the mother or father estranges the child from the parent, then, mm-hmm. and I, you know, turns them against them. It happens. There's, I mean, I've, I've literally seen it happen numerous times so I'm not going to sit here and blame Brian for the estrangement when I don't have all the facts right you know I just can't there's no I don't care what she says he says back and forth if I don't know exactly how that went down I mean there are parents who force the children to choose between them I mean it's sick which is sad you know, mm-hmm. we don't know how this went down. So I'm not going to go there and say that, you know, the, the, the estrangement was all on him. Um, now, any father is heartbroken being away from their kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a fact. As Xander knows, <clears throat> I have unfortunately not spoken to my oldest son in almost five years now. Wow. That was through no decision of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll leave that dirty laundry there. There were circumstances with people around him and outside of our control that kind of turned him against the family. And my own son basically said, don't contact me again. Wow. And, you know, unfortunately, I have to respect his decision. You know, the ball is in his court. If he ever picked up the phone and said, you know, dad, I'm sorry. I love you. I want to talk anything. I mean, I'd, my arms would be open in a heartbeat, but I haven't spoken to my, you know, my oldest in over five years and that's hard. It rips your heart out as a parent. It really does. Um, but again, that's if you didn't know the if ands or buts behind it, you could very easily look at my past and be like, oh, well, Jeremy was an alcoholic. He must have mm-hmm. been horrible. There must have been a horrible childhood. That's why he doesn't fit. You can infer all sorts of stuff without knowing right. the facts. Now, just on the, the pictures side of it, I understand either side. I really do. I mean, dating back to the early, early 80s, celebrities stopped letting their kids be photographed, especially at a young age because of the mm-hmm. threat. Mm-hmm. You know, your kids become targets. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody in that type of fame, if you have stalkers, I mean, yep. beyond just people who may want to kidnap for money and stuff like that, you have stalkers, you have obsessed fans, you have things you want to protect your children from. So that started very early on. I mean, I remember... I mean, we all remember the late 80s, early 90s. I mean, Bruce Willis beating the crap out of photographers trying to take pictures of his kid and, you know, Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff like that. Um, 
I understand that. I really do. When you're in the limelight, you're a target. So anybody, you know, that you care about is a target and your children are your biggest protection. So I understand where a parent might not want that out there. On the other hand, in today's world of social media, many people want to share their family lives and Mm -hmm. their home lives with their fans. They like that connection and that's important to them. So I understand that side as well. It's it's a it's a tough yeah. it's a tough uh, it's a tough thin line to go ahead and and mm-hmm. cross and but I mean you know at this point it seems that uh, Megan is definitely a protective mother over her children and uh, Vanessa is definitely on her side on that whole ordeal. Um, I mean, Brian Austin Green really hasn't talked about, you know, the reasoning for him being so, uh, you know, estranged from his first child and from Vanessa and everything. He's been kind of tight-lipped about it. Uh, who knows if the reasons are, you know, are because he's just, that's not his style to go ahead and and go out and, you know, pretty much air out dirty laundry. Uh, or maybe, you know, he is at fault and he just doesn't, you know, this is his way of admitting guilt. Um, there could be many reasons for it we, we'll just I mean I guess either we'll know in the future or we'll never know and that's right. going to be between them but it's as it stands it seems like the exes are banding together and watch out Brian Green oh, every 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 man's worst nightmare oh yeah it doesn't hell, matter hell, whether hell, does hell not matter whether, oh yeah it doesn't matter whether you're at fault or not every man's worst nightmares dear God not only are the exes talking they're they're becoming friends no you don't understand yeah, you, don't, you don't want you, them you, exchanging you, notes you don't understand see you just said whether whether you're at fault or not, brother, we're always at fault. Hey, 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 hey. Unfortunately, we're always at fault. <laughs> am I right, Lonnie? I mean, am I right? Not always, but I understand why you say that. Oh, oh, finally, a woman that. with a heart. A woman with a heart. Thank you, Lonnie. Yeah, not always. <laughs> hey, don't yeah. do, don't go blaming it all on the women, man. It's our whole culture. We I'm, went not from, it I mean, I'm not blaming it on the women. I'm not blaming it on the women don't don't, don't, don't go ahead and tell me that i didn't blame anybody from that i'm see just saying how, see how defensive own, he's getting already because, no, 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 i'm saying oh my in, God, my own, in my own experience i'm always the one in the wrong somehow i have no idea how <laughs> but i'm talking that's about my own experience women that's just you that's a good point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, think about it think about it in in television and movies are a reflection of life right yeah mm-hmm. think about it we went from father knows best to father knows shit in about four decades very true <laughs> look at how everything is portrayed you had the knowing father who kind of helped guide the fan that was a typical uh-huh. archetype in shows in movies uh-huh. and everything else Come the mid '80s to late '80s, what did you see? The idiot father who doesn't know anything and can't function. That is function. so true. That is yeah. so true. That's very true. I mean, yeah, that's very mm-hmm. true. Look at look at look at uh, look at Home Improvement. That's a perfect example right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what about the dad and married with children? That's what I was yeah. going to say. Home Improvement, married with yeah. children, almost yeah. all of them. You you uh-huh. ended. And again, I'm not saying it shouldn't go that way because. Doing it that way ended up bringing a lot of strong female leads and strong female characters who were the matriarchs of the family, who were the guiding force, and it was showing that side of it. But the, you know, the way we went about it was by completely emasculating the the father. Yep. 
that's true. That's true. And and I mean, you know, it's it's just it's time like the old thing goes, times they are changing. So, <laughs> you know, we'll go ahead and leave it there. Coming up next in sports, Antonio Brown moves in with Tom Brady and family. We'll talk a little <laughs> bit about that situation. But first, here is Tony Braxton's You're Making Me High, right here on the Xander Effect. Baby 
going on? It's Amanda Holly, and you're listening to The Xander Effect. I, 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 I. No, I don't give a damn. I, 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 I. You just screwed up, it's your chance. I'm on a new wave, and need to slow it down, but pump your brakes. Xander Effect. In sports, Antonio Brown has moved in with Tom Brady and family, and that's that's a very interesting situation. According to uh, Jay Glazer on NFL on Fox, he said, quote, he's actually been staying at Tom Brady's house. So... He's been staying there for a while, and there, and there was reports actually that back in 2019, when uh, when Brown was signed with the Patriots, that Tom Brady also offered him to stay with him then as well. Uh, but obviously, you know that was that was short lived, and um, and uh, uh, you know it's it's one of those things where Tom Brady's still trying to help him off the field as well, uh, because according to uh, according to Jake Glazer, he also said, "quote." And Tom has actually been helping him off the field as well, lining up with people to help him, including people like Tony Robbins. Uh, so obviously we know that Antonio Brown has had a, a freaking laundry list of issues uh, stemming from, you know, I mean, he's still being suspended 
suspended uh, from, you know, uh, allegations against him, you know, involving right. rape to sexual misconduct, assaulting a moving truck driver, berating police officers, shaming the mother right. of his child, throwing right. furniture off the balcony, and just so much more. <laughs> so, I mean, he, you know, he's vehemently uh, denied the rape allegations and sexual misconduct. Obviously, the other stuff he really hasn't uh, he hasn't denied. He hasn't confirmed nor denied those other allegations, but he definitely has denied the rape allegations and the sexual misconduct uh so there's still there's still uh you know there's still you know there's still those those uh those cases are still ongoing but for the time being um you know he got signed to tampa bay and uh, tom brady has invited antonio to live with him and giselle uh during um during you know at this time in um in in his his new Florida home. Well, actually, Tom Brady is also living, uh, you know, in Derek Jeter's house. Uh, this mm-hmm. mansion that's like the size of a hotel, pretty much, as as many people would uh, describe it. And uh, he's what's going on is that uh, is that uh, you know uh, right now he wants to go ahead and form some sort of a chemistry, some sort of a good connection with his wide receiver, uh, you know, by having him stay there with him and just, you know, getting him the help that he needs to go ahead and fix his life. And uh, so far, you know, Antonio Brown's trying to fix his life. He's trying to do better, but still, I mean, having a person that has these many allegations, including rape and sexual misconduct, I mean, that would put that would put that would like give a red flag to anybody really regardless you know i mean it's like it's one of those things where it's like well do you really want somebody like that with the, with that laundry list of issues going on living with you at your house where your wife is where your children are that's a little bit disconcerting for many i mean you know tom you know he's he's a good man for doing it but that's still that's still a little bit i don't know that's still a little bit you know unnerving i mean lonnie what do you think well it it does seem like it's a bit much but i kind of look at it this way i guess i'm just trying to see it as um optimistic you know for both for both of them and i'm and i'm not i wouldn't say i mean i i respect both of them as players i think both of them are very talented but i wouldn't say i'm a huge fan of either one Mm-hmm. But I, I think Antonio Brown is really good. And so what I'm thinking is maybe, you know, at this point, because you've got to think, Antonio Brown has burned a, a lot of bridges already. Oh, yeah. He was already in Oakland. Bridges burnt there. The bridges oh, definitely yeah. burnt here in Pittsburgh. I can tell you that. Um, and then he goes to New England. And, you know, the when the issue came, I forgot what happened there, but they couldn't stand by him. The coaches, when the allegations came with that, Tom was the only person who really seemed to stand by him. And it seemed like they have a mutual respect. I know that uh, when there was a lot of talk, at least from what I read, about where he might end up playing and what team would take him in, there was some talk about him possibly going to Seattle. But he really wanted to be back with Brady. And Brady really wanted the opportunity to play with him again. So maybe with that that desire between the two of them wanting to create some magic might make him step up and change his life. And another thing that I read, because um, I know Brady, I, I watched the documentary they had on him 
and how he lives and how like how he eats and the way he lives his life. And I know he really follows Tony Robbins, motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. And up until this point, AD has not had the best people. Let's just suffice it to say, he has not had the right people in on his team and around him who can control, I don't want to say control him, but influence some of the decisions he makes. Because some of his behavior had many people questioning and even his ex, and it's not my place. A lot of people struggle with mental illness, but um, questioning his mental state just some of the choices he's made. So with just the respect that he has for Brady, and it seems like the two of them really do respect each other, maybe that's one of the reasons why he's taken him in. Maybe that's the reason why uh, uh, Antonio wants to be there as well. The contract is a year. Really, that's not a long contract. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're sort of like playing it by air to see how it goes. And, you know, and if they're able to if they're going to be able to produce. I mean, the fact is, if they are around each other and it, it can build a brotherhood between the two of them. And I mean, I mean and, that, and that's and that's true. And that's true. I mean, yeah. the, the, that's it, definitely true that there could be a good, strong relationship there. You really bring, and you know, there's a respect between the two of them. And so there may be some things that Brady probably will not tolerate mm-hmm. in their friendship because of that respect. And there's certain things that Antonio Brown may not do around Tom Brady because of the mutual respect and because of what's on the line, because this might be the last hurrah for him. You know? Yeah. I mean, and I know that I know Pittsburgh fans are definitely salty over Antonio Brown. I know that for a fact. I know you guys definitely don't like him. Yeah. Raiders fans don't either. Yeah. How that things you know, in I mean, every, just everything that he's done has just been so questionable. I mean, he blasted yeah. Robert Kraft over in, in New England. So yeah. it's just, it, he's just got so many issues that he needs to work out. And yeah. I, I honestly didn't even think no other team would sign him because yeah. of his attitude, because of all the things that he's done. But, you know, Tampa Bay decided it, to give him a shot. This it, might it be also shows you the power that Tom Brady has. Too. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is that is that like you said, Lonnie? This may be AB's last hurrah. Yeah, actually, you know, to actually get something going after this. If he if he screws this up, he's done. There's no way he's going to come back. I mean, yeah, you know, Jeremy. I mean, Jeremy. I know you had some choice words last year when all this stuff happened. I mean, what do you think of this situ- current situation? <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no said. All right, let me begin. <laughs> On the positive, optimistic side, as Lonnie said, yes, it's very possible. I mean, coming from my background working in recovery, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's in recovery, but mo- emotional mm-hmm. and psychological issues mm-hmm. can be treated in very much the same way. Coming from a place in recovery where we are essentially taught that, you know, you go out of your way to help the other man coming up. I can understand where he might give him this opportunity, might take him in to try and, you know, give him some stability and so on. I can understand that from that perspective. Um, On the other hand, like you said, we have, you know, man with sexual assault and misconduct charges against him. How comfortable do you feel with him around your family? And to not trying to throw shade although you know i am no fan of brady whatsoever mm-hmm. but you, we all we all we all know the man 
really will do anything to win. So, yep. I mean, yep. that's that's the truth. This, yep. He knows this is his last go around. Hey, he's, hey, Jeremy, he's been, that's not throwing shade. That it's the truth, right? I mean, he's, that's the well, truth. it's not. It's not just competitive. I mean, the man's been willing to cheat. It's been proven. Yeah. So, thank you. Yeah, and thanks for saying that because as it, a Steelers fan, I totally believe it. You no, know, it's a fact. The man has yep. been shown willing to cheat. He will Very do true. whatever it takes to win. So, I'm sorry. Maybe he is just being a nice guy, but he also may just not give a shit. It's worth it to him. He doesn't care. He's going to give it one more shot and he wants this guy to help him do it. You know, I, I, he's shown he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. So good or bad. That's how I see it. True yep. words are never spoken. And and talking about uh, Pittsburgh, Lonnie, your Steelers, yeah. in other sports news, your Steelers oh, yeah. are undefeated. How happy is uh, how happy are you to be a Steelers fan right now? Ah, uh, well, you know, I root for them when they when they win, they lose. It doesn't matter. But I will tell you though, right now, just the fact that I'm here in the city of Pittsburgh and with just how well they're doing and during this time when because everyone is quarantined, we all still have to be really careful. We're moving into um you know, the cases spiking right now, busy, busy period for the pandemic. It's just sweet to know on Sunday you can watch football and your favorite hometown team is seven and zero. And just just the seven and zero, they have not been undefeated in seven and zero since nineteen seventy eight. Now they've had winning seasons, but I believe it's like since the nineteen seventies or seventy eight was the last time they went undefeated like this this and, long to seven and zero. And that's definitely saying something because, I mean, and a lot of people are Mm -hmm. saying that a lot of uh, Pittsburgh fans are also, uh, you know, they're commending uh, what the management Mm -hmm. uh, having to do with uh, with a lot of the decisions that were going on uh, Mm -hmm. on and off Mm -hmm. the field and everything that Mm -hmm. they're they're the reason why the the Steelers are currently at seven and oh. Yeah, and then and then on top of that, you know, um, a lot of history was made this weekend because Coach Tomlin just became the winningest uh, black head coach with the win on Sunday. So he surpassed Tony Dungy, who I'm a fan of as well, um, with 140 wins. And what's really cool about it is Tony Dungy congratulated Coach Tomlin on Twitter and just talked about how fantastic it is. So two, in my opinion, classy guys who put their families and faith first in their lives and uh, and they have um, had success in sports, coaching football. So I think it's awesome. Uh, side note to the game though, on Sunday, one of the Ravens players did test positive for COVID. Mm. Um, but that all of the tests for the Steelers and every, everybody else came back negative. So as they move on to Dallas now, just the hope is that they stay healthy and, um, and we continue. It's and you really know, an exciting time. And you know, and you know that game against Dallas, that's gonna be a no-brainer. <laughs> it is, it's poor Dallas. I They're about you. to go Steelers are about to go eight and oh. <laughs> I mean, Jeremy, do you think, do you think the Steelers have just been getting some pretty easy games that that that's maybe the reason why they're undefeated right now? Or is it that they're actually doing the job? 
No, I, I think, um, I mean, schedule has lined up a little bit for them. There's a little bit of the luck of the draw, a little bit of little bit of everything going on, but they're playing extra, exceptionally well. Um, you know, I, I have no problem with the Steelers whatsoever. I am not the biggest Ben, ben Roethlisberger fan, but uh-huh. I, I do have a lot of respect for the Steelers as an organization. I always have. Uh, you know, my biggest gripe with them is that they ruined my Rams' only shot at a championship back in the 60s before, uh, you know, the only time the Rams ever made it to the championship and <laughs> dang Steelers had to ruin it for us. But yeah. other than that I've never had an issue with the Steelers um, and it's really cool to see them doing well mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think 0. a lot of people expected it Jeremy not no. like this no I, I don't think anybody expected them to you know be undefeated at this point mm-hmm. and truthfully with the way the schedule lines up at the moment they honestly could be looking at 10 and 0 um, yeah. relatively easily and that's 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 a start with some of the best teams you know in the history of the game I mean people always talk about the New England teams that went undefeated or Miami, but people don't remember, you know, back in the 80s, the 90s, when it was all about the, you know, the Cowboys, the Niners, the Giants, when the NFC was dominating with those teams at that time, 10-0 and was a benchmark. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was 91 or 92, uh, one of the years that the Giants won the Super Bowl. Um both them and the Niners started 10 and 0 before they wow. met. Wow. I believe they faced each other in week either week 10 or week 11. So they were either 9 and 0 or 10 and 0 when they faced each other and it was a huge deal. It was an absolutely gigantic deal all across the nation that they had, they were meeting undefeated at that point. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, it's just, it's really cool to see. I like seeing Pittsburgh do it. I like seeing anybody besides the Steel, uh, you know, the Patriots do it. Mm-hmm. It's been a right. long time since mm-hmm. we've, you know, had another team from the East representing. And these wins haven't been pretty. I mean, you know, the Ravens. No, nope, but played. they're getting it done. They're getting yeah. it done, you know, and yeah. against the Ravens, although, yes, the Ravens have been struggling a bit. They're not. Mm-hmm. quite the dominant team they were last year they're mm-hmm. still a very very talented squad and yep. you know it's it's a very quality win mm-hmm. and i mean it's like vin diesel says doesn't matter if you win by an inch or by a mile winning's winning so ugly or not you know uh pittsburgh is still on a roll and looks like they might be on a roll for the foreseeable future we're just gonna have to wait and see and find out and see if there is a team that's gonna go ahead and dethrone them off of this winning streak so we'll just have to go ahead and keep an eye on that in other sports news looks like uh you know the the it, there's a question on whether or not uh khabib namargomedov's uh, retirement is going to actually last or not according to dana white uh looks like uh he basically said that the fighter was very emotional when he announced his retirement but chances are he might come back to still honor his father to go ahead and continue his winning streak in the ufc however a fighter that Dana White did say he's done. He cannot come back. You know, don't even think about it. It's pretty much Anderson the Spider Silva after he was defeated uh, over this weekend at UFC Fight Night uh, Hall versus Silva when he went up against Uriah Hall. Um, this is a this is a really pr- a pretty vicious TKO uh, that Uriah gave to uh, Anderson Silva. 
And uh, both fighters, after the fight was over with, uh, you know, Anderson was on his knees pretty much, you know, crying and Uriah joined him crying, you know, basically apologizing, saying, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, he's a he's a huge, uh, you know, uh, idol for uh, Uriah Hall. And uh, this was a huge victory, but also it was a bittersweet victory uh, for Uriah Hall. Um, I mean, and Dana White basically said that he's done, that, that Silva's done. I mean, He's his record is 34 11 and 0. I mean, that's a pretty amazing record. Uh, he mm-hmm. was, you know, in the UFC uh, record books, he was known as the longest title reign in UFC history, uh, stemming at 2,457 days of holding the UFC title. So, I mean, the man, the man definitely holds a place in uh, the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, I, I mean, he's, you know, he's been pretty much forced to retire at the age of 45. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, where Dana White basically said, quote, look, at look at Anderson. He couldn't even stand up to do his interview. He had to sit down to do his interview, and I made a big mistake. I shouldn't have let him fight this fight tonight. Out of respect to him, he's a legend of the sport, and he's a legend of this company. I did something that I disagreed with. I knew I was right, and tonight proved I was right, and Anderson Silva should never fight again. So that's, that's, that's during a post-press uh, conference that uh, Dana White said he was you could tell Dana was actually visibly upset at the mm. fact of the matter that this fight even happened. Um, but uh, you know, it happened, and this is this is Spider the Spider's last fight. I mean, you know, I, I, Jeremy, you you and I spoke about this over this weekend how mm. uh, how the Spider was actually an underdog, but you know, there's obvious reasons why he wasn't the underdog. He was the yeah. You know me, I'm not a huge fan of fighters fighting well into their 40s and past their prime. Uh, We've talked about this before. It's Mm -hmm. you just see too much damage done Mm -hmm. when you when you lose a step Mm -hmm. and you're fighting the best competition in the world. That one step, that half a second is so crucial and it can mean the difference between you taking a very bad beating and Mm -hmm. just taking a small loss. Mm -hmm. And watching Uriah Hall in the ring with Anderson after the fight, it reminded me of a very famous story when Larry Holmes fought Muhammad Ali for Muhammad Ali's last fight. And that was a fight that never should have happened. Absolutely mm-hmm. never should have happened. Was, wait, was Larry Holmes a lot older than Ali? Le- no, Larry Holmes was a lot younger. Larry okay. Holmes was actually a sparring partner for Ali mm-hmm. when he was just a kid. And basically knew Ali, was respected him, was his idol, the whole mm-hmm. nine yards. Mm-hmm. That fight never should have happened. And it damn near killed Muhammad. It almost killed him. And Mm -hmm. the story goes, after the fight, Larry Holmes walked in to Muhammad's training room just bawling and and kept saying, I'm sorry, champ. I never meant to hurt you like this. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, champ. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's it, gotta be tough. It, it broke his tough. heart to have yeah, hurt his, you know, his to have hurt his hero like that, and he yeah. did. It was a horrible fight. It never. The fact that Ali's trainer waited so long to stop the fight was a travesty. It was, mm-hmm. it was a brutal thing to watch as a fan, and I hate seeing fighters get to that point. But as we've talked about, every true fighter is a born competitor. You mm-hmm. have to. They're never gonna put, throw it in on their own there it's just not going to happen every true fighter believes he's got one fight left and that's why they need a good manager that's why someone in charge like a dana white needs to step in and say no no more yeah to your well and to your point actually jeremy a person that would uh disagree with you know fighters you know performing well past their prime would be uh conor mcgregor he went on twitter and tweeted quote sad to see tonight but i say keep going real fighters never lose that fire so why try to force it out simply put time into finding the correct competition and continue on the right competition is out there for all levels and ages find it and do what you love to do forever i mean what your thoughts on that one i think that's ridiculous first of all (laughs) i think connor's talking out of his ass like he often does (laughs) and second of all what real fight if he's talking about that competitive spirit you're you're telling me these guys are going to be okay fighting some mid-tier know nothing guy in a garage match in a no they're not these guys have been fighting on the top stage ever you know the the wrestlers who hang on forever the boxers who hang on forever and end up fighting on these crap circuits and everything they don't do it because they still love it and are want it. you know they're doing it to survive right yeah. which i yeah. think is sad and that speaks to my point about this whole thing if these people have the right people in their camp meaning managers financial advisors and all that there has to be a plan a long-term plan because you can't take a beating your body can't take that kind of beating into your 40s and 50s like that no and then expect to not have a good quality of life when you retire Mm -hmm. so you got to have a plan I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of fighters that uh, after they retire and everything, they suffer long term brain damage. Yep. I mean, yep. Muhammad Ali, you know, he developed Parkinson's disease. Well, it's, yep. you see it a lot more in boxing, and that's one thing that people don't realize. People see the brutality of the quick finishes in UFC and in mixed martial mm-hmm. arts, and they think that there's more damage, and they're very wrong. Mm-hmm. The damage comes from the long term, and that's boxing. Boxing is repetitive hits to the head, bouncing your brain off Mm -hmm. of, you know, your skull over and over and over and over. That's what does the worst and the most long-term damage. Getting knocked out viciously does very little long-term damage because it's a one-shot type of a thing, usually. And not only that, but I mean, you know, the the good thing about MMA, it's not just a stand-up game. No, you have have everything else. You have your submissions. Exactly. You have your wrestling, dirty boxing, Mm -hmm. you have all Muay Thai, different kinds of styles that don't necessarily end in a knockout. They sometimes 
and a submission. Absolutely. So, but the knockouts, of course, get the biggest show and are always the ones you see on the news. And it's yes. the ones that all these politicians in the know who want to ban mar- mixed martial arts and mm-hmm. are still trying to do it to this day. You know, they call it human cockfighting and it's ridiculous. It's anything but. It's a true sport. It's a science. It's But they see the brutality of those one-punch knockouts. And I'll tell you, it can be it can be frightening to watch. I mean, right. speaking of Uriah Hall, in the in his first major showcase, that was the Ultimate Fighter showcase for the UFC. Mm-hmm. He 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 knocked two guys out. The first two guys he fought, he knocked them out so viciously that it actually ruined him as a fighter for a few years because wow. he got hesitant. He knocked them out so brutally. These guys were on the floor almost convulsing afterwards. Yeah, no, Uriah, Uriah's, uh, Uriah's punches are lethal. But if you They're recall, really but if you recall for about, because he went on to lose the Ultimate Fighter Championship mm-hmm. because he wouldn't throw these strikes. He was mm-hmm. hesitant. You saw it. He, he didn't want to hurt anybody. He didn't want to hurt anybody. It was a guy with a good heart. Yeah. And it kind of ruined him as a fighter for a few years. We didn't see him pop quite like we thought he would. But people see that brutality, that type of one punch knockout strength, and they think, oh, my God, he killed him. You know, they think this is horrible. But what they don't see is that does very little long term damage. Boxing, on the other hand, which I still respect and love. I love the sweet science. I really do. But in long term effects there is nothing more damaging i mean football's the only thing brain wise yes, oh, because it's close it's a, it's, a consistent, that it's a consistent hit to the head that's yeah. what it is it's consistent like you know it's consistent uh, brain damage you know because you keep on getting hit and hit and hit and these aren't soft punches either these are hard punches because you're trying to knock the person out and when you can't you just keep on working the head working the head until finally you pop them one you know mm-hmm. and you knock them out same thing like 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 you said football is that's the reason why yeah. a lot of you know uh there's that um there's that brain injury issue that many many uh athletes they they develop uh, mm-hmm. uh psychological yeah exactly yeah. Psychological, you know issues because of brain damage you yep. know involving you know head injuries involving concussions uh you know all these types of things that that pretty much you know in the long term they they cause you know severe brain damage they cause you know parkinson's disease they cause a lot of other you know uh issues when they get older so mm-hmm. i mean for for dana white to go ahead and finally call it i mean I, I would have to say it was a little late on his part but uh definitely you know it's good that he finally said you know what he's done he can't do it anymore we're, we're done we're, we're you know i don't right. want him to get hurt anymore i mean there's a lot of these are these are young fighters that are coming out that are hitting harder you know mm-hmm. and they're gonna they're gonna do a lot more damage to Anderson. So it was a good thing for mm. for Dana White to pretty much call it. And, you know, I mean, again, no one can say that Anderson didn't have a great career. He had an incredible career. Uh, you know, it's sad to see him go out like this, go out with a loss. But, you know, better seeing him go out with a loss than seeing him go out in a stretcher. So yeah, that's definitely uh, that's definitely good on him. Coming up next in video game news, Fortnite Next Gen gets an upgrade, but will will arrive when the new consoles arrive. We'll talk a little bit about that. But first, here is Matchbox 20's push right here on the Xander Effect.
This is Maricela Cornejo, and you're listening to The Xander Effect. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. You know what time it is. We up and at it. We up and at it. 
Chase the pepper, once we get it, gotta stack it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. We up and at it, cause I gotta get to the code. Popping tags, get wop, yeah, that's all I need. Bankroll, say cheese, this ain't a centerfold. Making cake, stack it up, yeah, I'm out the dough. I'm out the dough, rainy days without a raincoat. No excuses, no handouts, I ain't the scapegoat. Sunny days on the way, yeah, I'm thankful. But for now, deposit this into the bank, bro. Out here all the time. That gotta check on my mind. He's out here wasting time. Get it right or get left behind. On my way now, going straight down. People play games, I don't care. Getting to it, I'ma do it. Ain't no show and tell, but I'm gon' prove it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the pepper, once we get it, gotta stack it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the pepper, once we get it, gotta stack it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. Yeah, 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 I need that. Time on the grind, yeah, it's on my mind. Chase a bag, get a check, sign a dotted line. Backbone, got your back, yeah, I'm on your spine. Scullios is lining up, I walk a straight line. Presidential cost thousands, let me see the time. Not devolved, but I really live my best life. Afterlife, run it back, get my next life. Too much foul, play, you know you get the tech right. Run it up, gotta get what's mine. Connect the hustle, you can see it in my eyes. Up next, it's my time. Gotta get mine. Chase the pepper, once we get it, gotta stack it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the pepper, once we get it, gotta stack it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. That was Jay Sun's Up and At It, right here on the Xander Effect. In video game news, looks like Fortnite will go ahead and wait to upgrade uh, because they're going to go ahead and uh, do an upgrade when the new consoles come out. Obviously, uh, uh, it's been announced that Xbox, uh, you know, Series X will will officially launch uh, November 10th. I believe PS5 will also be launching around the same time as well. So Fortnite will go ahead and uh, and see the new light of day in the next gen consoles. According to according to uh, Matt Perslow of IGN.com, he's saying, quote, PS5 and Xbox Series X players can expect 4K resolution, 60 FPS gameplay, and dynamic visuals and physics. Grass and trees will respond to explosions, while liquids and smoke uh, have more realistic simulation uh, effects. Clouds and the storm have also been enhanced. Split screen modes also support 60 FPS on these consoles. Loading performance has been upgraded across all next-gen consoles thanks to their SSDs, both in terms of texture, load times, and the speed at which players can get into a match. So that basically, you know, in, in layman's terms, better graphics, better gameplay, better load times. That's the bottom line to that. Um Fortnite is obviously an incredibly popular uh, uh, freemium game, uh, you know, on on both consoles. Many people love it. Uh, you know, it, I, I've uh, I've actually, I'll be honest, 
I have not played Fortnite um, because I just I just can't. I tried playing PUBG. It, I just did not do it for me. Uh, I tried playing Apex again, another game that did not do it for me. I don't know why. I just can't get into get into these like open like these open world games. Come However, on, I, I know you like getting on and arguing with all these fourteen year olds. If you're funny, <laughs> actually, the games that I do get into is on COD. Uh, you know, battle royales, plunder. I like those. Uh, they're they're pretty much the same concept derived from Fortnite, Apex, and uh, PUBG. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things where I just. The reason why I like uh, Call of Duty is because it's more realistic. You're talking about military guys in 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 uh, in a in a city and everything. Fortnite and all these other games, it's more fantasy. You know, it's more yeah. comic booky. I'm not into that. I don't. I'm not really too much into that. Even though they do offer some pretty cool, you know, things like mm-hmm. they they do Halloween specials. They do. Uh, they right. have playable characters such as Deadpool or Darth Vader. They do different themes and everything. That's pretty cool. But I just I can't get into it. I'm sorry. I just can't. And uh, but I mean, at least you know, good news for a lot of these uh, Fortnite players. They're going to be getting a lot of really cool enhanced, uh, uh, you know, visual effects you know when the new consoles come out so looking forward to that i mean you know lonnie i mean would you have yeah. this type of game but i have to say that my niece my cousin she's probably in that age group so like preteen loves it and i'm sure you know i'll probably reach out to her and because of her like ranking with fortnite and there's another uh, game that she plays really well she's got all these followers on tiktok now Ah. Because they like the other kids. She's playing with kids. She's in New Jersey, but she's playing with kids in California and everywhere. And super popular. And she's got a, a, a huge following on TikTok because she'll post, I think, like her scores or appearances from Fortnite on TikTok. And then the other kids like it. So... Nice, nice. Well, yeah. I mean, you could learn something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I could. But, you, know. you should start playing it. I should start playing with her. But, you know, the thing is, she probably doesn't have the patience with me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of tough to do. You know what, though? I mean, but once you, you teach somebody and they start getting the, the basics... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like the person grows on their own. They start learning the game. They start adapting to yeah. the game themselves. So I don't know. You should give it a chance. You should give it a shot. Yeah. You know, have her teach you the basics, and then you know, yeah. go from there. I mean, but Jeremy, I mean, you know, have you played Fortnite yet? I have not played Fortnite. Uh, my youngest son got into it a little bit. I uh, got to see him play it for about a year or two before he um, moved out. Um, man when he was so probably from about 17 to 19 he was playing it (laughs) and i got to see a lot of my friends kids playing it so it's a fun game and as you said it's very similar to you know the different battleground things that are being set up through call of duty and you know some of the other platforms i think it's cool it's a, a fun twist for a lot of kids a lot of people who are into it um it is a shooter, but at the same time, it's not a bloody shooter. It doesn't have a lot of the realism. So exactly. I, th- I think it keeps it. If you can have a more wholesome shooter, I would say it qualifies. Um, 
So I, I like it. I, I haven't really played it, mainly because I knew I would get into it, and I didn't want <laughs> I have enough things that suck up my time, so I, I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to add yet another. Um, Still the same way. But I have <laughs> seen... I have seen a lot of a lot of kids playing it and it's a very cool setup and watching them do it i mean i'm i'm just watching going i can't move my fingers that fast why would i even you know bother nice. um because it's amazing watching the kids who really understand how to play this uh play it and play it well i mean when you when you say the word you have other things sucking up your time i mean i mean why why, you know, <laughs> why do i have a feeling that you're trying to go ahead and tell me something there <laughs> why, why do you have to have such a dirty mind? I was being, I was talking about. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that either, you perv. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Some people nowadays. I'm sorry, Lana, that you have to be. You, know, <laughs> okay. you have to be a part of the this this horribleness that that's this man. But uh, <laughs> I have to deal with him, so you have to chill. <laughs> No, it's all good. <laughs> well, that's the news. In case you haven't heard it, thank you so much for joining the Xander Effect as usual. Uh, remember, we're still in a pandemic, so remember to you know always wear your mask, wear your goggles if you got them, wear your gloves if you got them. Practice, you know, basic hygiene. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. You know, watch yourselves, not just for yourselves, but for your loved ones as well. Uh, remember, tomorrow is election day. Go vote. Vote, yep. vote. Your opinion, your vote counts. Your opinions matter. Um, you know, you're, you have the power to make change. If there's change that needs to be made, you have the power to make it. So make sure your voice is heard tomorrow on Election Day. And uh, remember, music always, always heals all. We'll see you next time. Yo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, and BMG Bertelsmann. In association with Art19 Media.